Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Amen. The title of this morning's message is Living in the Fast Lane. Living in the Fast Lane. I'd like to speak with you over this next a little bit of time that we have together on fasting. Say, ugh, fasting. Right, look at your neighbor and say, I knew I should have stayed home this morning. <laughs> right, fasting. Probably one of the least favorite topics, right, of the church. I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to the topic of fasting, I, I always struggle. You know, I've got great intentions. I'm like, I'm going to fast, and it's going to be awesome. Right, and about 1030 in the morning, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Right, I mean, maybe that's just me, right? But I just, I find myself, it's very, isn't it hard to fast? It's so hard to fast. And this is the other thing. I don't even know why they call it fasting anyway. They should call it slowing, right? Because it seems like time just completely slows down. You, know, I mean, you think you've been fasting for three days and you've only been fasting for three hours, right? You're like, it feels like three days, Lord. You know, well, a day is like a thousand years. So really I've been fasting for a thousand years because, you know, right? So anyway, but uh, you know, I tell people, I say, listen, I fast every single day, every single day. Between 11, 11 p.m. and 6 a.m., I fast every single day, right? It's while I'm sleeping. All right. All right, there we go. All right. Bad joke. So look at your neighbor and say, don't, don't tune them out. There's a twist. There's a twist this morning. So don't tune me out just yet. This message has a twist. So I want to uh, read this morning out of Isaiah 58, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app on your phone. Isaiah chapter 58, starting in verse 1. Now, my Bible, my study Bible, the header says true fasting. Does anybody else's Bible say that? True fasting. Yeah, right? I want to know what true fasting is like, right? And this is what the Lord says. Isaiah chapter 58, starting in verse 1. It says, shout aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. Verse 2. For day after day they seek me out. This is the Lord speaking, by the way. He says, for day after day they seek me out. They seem eager. I want to repeat that. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and that has not forsaken the commandments of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. They say, why have, why have we fasted? And you have not seen it. Have you ever felt like that? That's what I tell God every single time I fast. God, don't you see that I'm fasting? Don't you? Right? Right? Maybe I'm the only one. They say, why have we fasted? And you have not seen it, God. Right? Why have we humbled ourselves? But you haven't noticed. Oh, God, look how humble I am. Come on, right? This is what they're saying. This is the Lord speaking. to He says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. And you exploit your workers, and your fasting ends in quarreling and in strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. Check this out. This is, this is important. He says, this is the Lord speaking. He says, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is that serious? Basically, God's saying, listen, don't think that just because you're doing all this religious stuff that I'm going to hear your cries, that I'm going to hear your prayers. Wow, come on, somebody. He said, you can't, you can't fast like that and expect me to hear you whenever you cry out to me. Wow. He says, is this the kind of fast that I've chosen? 
only a day for people to humble, humble themselves, only for, for them to bow one's head like a reed and to, to live in, in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, God says? A day acceptable to the Lord? Look, the Lord is questioning them. He said, is all this stuff that you've been doing, is, is that what I call a fast? Wow. Verse 6, he says, is this not the kind of fast that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide for the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Another translation says, and not to turn away from your family. So I want to talk to you this morning about living in the fast lane. Living in the fast lane. So the true fast, the type of fast that the Lord is looking for, is not just skipping a few meals every now and then, but the fast that the Lord is looking for is the fast of our lives. To fast our lives, to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, right? That sounds scriptural, right? To offer ourselves as living sacrifices, to fast our life, to give of our time, our talent, our treasure, right? These are the things that the Lord is saying. And the things that he mentions in uh, verses 6 and 7 that we just read, they're not just for pastors. They're not just for churches. They're not just for ministries to do. Oh, well, that's what we pay the pastor to do, or that's what we have ministries for. That's what we have churches for, to, to, feed, the, you know, to feed the hungry and to clothe the naked and to set the, the, you know, set the captives free and loose the chains of injustice. No, these are things that we're all called to do, each and every one of us, Right? It's your lane. It's your personal fast. What has God called you to do? What has God called you to fast? How has God called you to fast? <clears throat> you know, I heard a story of a lady, a testimony of a lady that, that she does nails, right? She does nails. And she was asking God, Lord, how can I take what I love to do, which is to do nails and nail art and things like that, and, uh, and bless, bless others and use it as a kingdom for the, uh, you know, use it as a kingdom tool for the gospel to share the gospel with other people and to love on people and serve people. Well, she was praying, and now she does nails for prostitutes. Come on, somebody. Now, some of us might have a problem with that. But she brings these prostitutes in. She washes their hands. She washes their feet. She puts lotion on them. She massages their hands and their wrists and their arms. And she loves on them. She's giving them that, that personal, non-sexual touch that we all need. We all need that physical touch. To, to just, you know, the, a lot of these women don't even know what it's like to have someone touch them and not want something in return, if you know what I'm saying. Right? For the case of young ears in the room. And she does that. And she loves on them. And she does her nails for them. And while they're, you know, and, and while they're sitting there talking, she's got a captive audience. Where are they going to go, right? <laughs> she's doing their nails. She shares the love of Jesus with them. And she listens to them. Come on, somebody. Isn't that great? I heard another story of a guy, and he said, oh, man, I, I'm, just, I'm just good with cars. I love tinkering with cars. But I don't really know. You know, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a good speaker. I'm never going to be the one with the microphone. You know, I'm never, how, how am I going to do ministry? I just, I just like working on cars. We prayed about it, and God gave him an idea. And he's been doing free oil changes for single moms. Come on. 
So see, you can't just say, well, all I know how to do is nails. Or all I know, all I know how to do is just tinker with cars, David. How, how can I take the fact that I love to do nails or I just love working on cars, and how can I use that to glorify God? Well, you just heard two stories of people that just took something that they were good at, took something that they enjoyed. They didn't make something super spiritual out of it. They just said, Lord, here's my time. Here's my talent. Here's my This is my lane. I like working on cars. This is my lane. I like doing nails or hair. You know, a couple of years ago, my wife and I's ministry, we, we shut down a, 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 a hair salon uh, for, on Sunday, we spoke with the owner. They, they were usually open half a day on Sunday. We, we paid them for the time of Sunday, and we paid each uh, lady who did hair, we paid them double what their daily, what their daily uh, salary was. And then we opened it up to the community. We did free haircuts for, for needy children for back to school. It's like all these girls do is cut hair. See, you can't say that anymore. You can't say, well, all I know how to do is cut hair. All I know how to do is work on cars. Or all I know how to do is do... Na-. No, listen, you have to take whatever God has given you and use that to glorify him. Amen? That's what it looks like to live a fasted life. That's what it looks like. So what's your lane? What is your lane? That's what I want to ask you this morning. What is your lane? So here's the questions. What is your lane? What do you enjoy doing? Right? Or what do you feel that you're good at or you have a natural gift for? And God could use those things. God will use those things when you put it in his hands, when you give it over to him and say, Lord, this is all I know how to do. You know, you might say, well, I'm, I don't really know. Like, I'm, you know, I just, I, I just, I like kids and that's all I know. Well, guess what? We can sure use some help in the back. Am I right? <laughs> right? You know, it's, I don't know what to do with these kids. I just know that I like kids. Great. Well, talk to Mimi, talk to others, and listen, they'll find a place for you to serve, right? What's your lane? Whatever your passion is, whatever you love, whatever you enjoy doing, you have a lane. God's called you to that, and you can use those things to glorify God. Finding your lane. I want to talk to you this morning about finding your lane. You may know what your lane already is, or you may not know. So you may say, hey, I know what my lane is, but you just need to be obedient and begin to step into it, right? You just need to be obedient and start doing what God's told you to do, right? There's some of us, you know, listen, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Come on, somebody. Listen, I don't have to tell the parents in the room. The parents are, when you tell your child to go clean their room, you don't mean an hour from now. You mean stop what you're doing right now. Right? Hey, thank you for that amen in the back. Come on. Right? I needed that one. I need that amen in the back. Thank you. You mean stop what you're doing right now and go clean your right. So delayed obedience is still disobedience. And listen, I'll be the first one to admit, I'm not always the quickest one to say yes to the Lord. Even when I feel like he's calling me to do something, which is why I have to stress my, uh, stretch myself, right? I have to, I have to, like, am I going to look like an idiot in front of 40 or 50 people if I say, I think God told me that somebody here was praying just this morning for $100 and then reach into my pocket? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be flashy. I'm saying, like, but there's a risk involved with that. It's like, you're the one holding the microphone. You're the one that's going to look like an idiot if you're wrong. Come on. We got to learn to take risks. Remember, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. What's the risk that God wants you to take? Some of you may not know your lane. You're still trying to figure that out. So let me give you one very easy step to figure out what your lane is. You ready? Ask yourself this one question. What makes me sad, mad, 
or glad? What makes me sad, mad, or glad? And when you answer those questions, that's your lane. That's your purpose. If every single time whenever you're driving in your car and you see a homeless person and you're like, that just makes me so angry. Like, why in the world do we live the most wealthiest country on earth and we still have people that are homeless? You might have just found your passion. Come on, somebody. If you're out there giving out food and you're serving, you're like, I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe the wealthiest nation in the world, we got all these grocery stores throwing this food away because it's expiring literally on the shelf and we're throwing it away. And yet we're out here trying to give out food because there's people in our community, hello, in our community, not in Africa somewhere, not in some third world country somewhere, in our community that are hungry. You might have just found your passion. You might have just found your lane. When you hear stories of, of women being abused or children being abused, and it just breaks your heart, and you watch those documentaries on TV or whatnot, or you hear the stories, and you just begin to cry and cry and cry, and you say, this isn't right. That makes me so sad. It just breaks my heart to hear about these women and children who are suffering abuse like that. You might have just found your lane. So what makes me, what makes me sad, mad, or glad? Ask yourself that question, and you might find your lane. You're going to find your passion. So what does it look like to live in the fast lane? What does it look like to live in the fast lane? Well, it might mean you're going to get mad at me. That's all right. I didn't come here to be popular. I came here to deliver a word from the Lord. Is that okay? All right. I just want to make sure that's all right. It might mean that the stereo in your car works just fine. So you take that $1,000 and instead of upgrading your stereo in your car, you give it to make sure that people have clean water to drink. Don't get mad at me now. Come on. It might mean that instead of going on that shopping spree, you wear the clothes that are in your closet that still have the tags on them. Oh, man, I'm preaching now. Come on. It might mean that you wear the clothes in your closet that still have the tags on them. And instead of taking that money to go on a shopping spree, you give that money to make sure that a local family has a holiday meal to eat. And then you give your time and you come and you help pass out turkeys and food at Friendsgiving. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. <laughs> right? Come on. All right. We still got people out here. Okay. All right. Come on, somebody. Right? But that's what it means. It might mean that the 65-inch TV works just fine. All right, now, see, I always know when I'm preaching good. Come on. It might mean that the 65-inch TV works fine, and we don't need an 80-plus inch with the 8K resolution. Come on, the surround sound, you know, in-home theater. Come on. Right? It might mean that we take the TV money. And we make sure that we, and we can still invest that in technology through our virtual mission, right? And redeem technology, right? We take that car stereo and invest it in our global mission to make sure that people have clean water to drink, which you guys just did. Praise God for that, right? Chino's there giving the check. Amen? Amen? That's what it means to live in the fast lane. That's what it means to live a fasted life, right? It means giving that clothing budget to local, to local families so they have something to eat for a holiday, right? That's what it looks like to live 
a fasted life, living in the fast lane. I want to highlight a few people here in our midst, and I'm sure there are others, but I want to highlight a few people here in our midst who are living in the fast lane. They're living the fasted life. Mimi and Alfonso, you guys know what they do. You know, with sex traffic, women and children over the years, now victims of domestic abuse, other things as well. Sexual abuse, right? Come on. Living in the fast lane. Women of domestic violence, sexual abuse. Devon and Mary, right? Who you guys just blessed with a, with a huge check, right? Devon and Mary, living a fasted life. Young couple like that, they don't want to be doing ministry. They want to be like, that, that's when you're supposed to get, your, you know, get together and get to know each other, right? I mean, it's, come on. They're sacrificing the first great years of their marriage to invest in the kingdom and to disciple students on their, student, on their, on their campuses, right? And to give those students an authentic, uh, uh, an authentic picture of what it looks like to live an authentic Christian life and to also affect the marketplace and ultimately the world, right, through Chi Alpha. Jasmine, right, who we, you guys also blessed with a, a, a good-sized check for missions, right? A fasted life. Yes, Lord, I'll go. I'll go to the mission field, right? I'll go. I'll go to these various countries. All you have to do is just tell me to go, Lord, and I'll go, right? Fasted life. She's living in the fast lane, living in the fast lane. And like I said, I'm sure there are others that are doing similar things that I'm just not aware of, but the, the most important thing is the Lord knows, right? The Lord knows what you're doing. And thank you for what you're doing for the kingdom of God, those of you that I didn't mention. But that's my question. Are you living in the fast lane? What's your lane? And then are you living in it? And are you living a fasted life within your lane? Right? It means to not just skip a couple of meals and sacrifice in that way. It means to sacrifice in every way of our life. To sacrifice our time, our talent, and our treasure. Let's take a look at the blessings that come with living in the fast lane. We're still in Isaiah chapter 58. Let's take a look at verse 8, verse 8 through 11. This is the Lord speaking again. He says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And he says, and your healing will quickly appear. How many of you need healing? Come on, I know I do. Not just physically, right? Financially, socially, economic, right? Relationally. Healing isn't just physical, right? It can be other things as well. The Lord says, when you do these things, your healing will appear quickly. Come on, somebody. See, when you heal others, the Lord heals you. Isn't that crazy how it works? It says, your righteousness will go before you. Check this out. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Come on, somebody. How many of you want God to have your back? Come on, yeah, we all do, right? That's literally what he's saying. God's got your back. Literally, he's saying, I've got your back. The, my glory will be your rear guard. Come on, somebody. Check this out. And he says, verse 9, then you will call and the Lord will answer your cry for help. And the Lord will, and he will say, here I am. Whoa. How many of you, whenever you pray, you want the Lord to say, here I am, David. Come on, somebody. Here I am. Here I am. Yeah, here I am. See, when you listen to the cries of God's people, God listens to your cry. Come on. We have to be about the Father's business. 
See, when we're about the Father's business, then he takes care of ours. There's a, business, there's a business person in the room that needed to hear that. When you take care of God's business, he takes care of your business. Come on, somebody. That's what, he's, that's what he's saying here. That's what he's saying here. When you cry for help, I will say, here I am. He says, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves, see there it is, spending of yourself. Do you see that? Did you catch that? The spending of yourself, a fasted life. I'm spending myself. When you spend of yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Come on, somebody. Amen? And then your night will become like the noonday. If you feel like you're going through a tough time right now, if you feel like you're going through a place of darkness right now, there's your promise right there. It says that whenever you do these things, then your night, your dark place will become like noonday. It will become bright as, as 12 o'clock noon during the day. The sun will, his sun will shine upon you and light up your darkness. But see, you've got to be taking care of his business. The Lord will guide your ways, and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. And you will be like a well-watered garden. How many of you want to be like a well-watered garden? Amen. Yeah, amen. Like the spring whose water never fails. Living the fasted life. Living in the fast lane. How many of you want to live in the fast lane? Yeah, come on. Amen. So... Th- now we're going to talk about how, how do I enter my fast lane? David, I, I'm following what you're saying. I, I want to do this. I want to say yes to the Lord. I want to begin to, to live a fasted life. I want to begin to spend myself. I want to begin to, to do these things because I know that, number one, I want to be obedient to God. Number two, I see the blessings that come because of it. I want God's blessing to be on my life. How many of you want God's blessing to be upon your life? Yeah, he just told us how, right? So how do I enter my fast lane? Well, I heard another testimony of a man who ministers to street children in this third world country. These children, guys, they literally live in the dumps where the trash dumps are, right? And these kids have burrowed holes and tunnels in, this, in these mounds of trash as shelter, okay? And he's out there ministering to them and loving on them and feeding them and clothing them, right, and taking care of them. And somebody asked him, they said, how can, how can you do this? How can you be out here ministering to these kids like this? And this was his answer. He said, well, God healed my nose. And, the, you know, the, the, person, the interviewing person like, was th- probably thinking to themselves, like, well, what does that have anything to do with what I asked you, right? He said, well, let me tell you what I mean. I don't smell them anymore. I don't, I don't smell them anymore. Come on. See, some of us might need to get, we might need to get our nose healed. Amen? We might need to get our eyes healed so that we no longer see people the way that our society does, but that we begin to see people the way that God does. Come on, right? And talking with Pastora Mimi, you know, God healed her eyes. Those women just aren't another hoe on the street, which is what society tells us. No, these are women with purpose. These are women with destiny. These are daughters of God. 
But see, we, we want to we call them the other. We want to turn, turn our heads away. We want to turn away from that. We don't want to think that that's in our community, but it is. Trust me. It's not just in downtown Atlanta, somebody. It's, it's probably in your neighborhood, too. And you just don't know it. Come on. It's on your corner. It's on my corner. Thank you. That's how I know when I'm preaching good. <laughs> you know, I, I almost promised myself I'd never be that guy, but I just sweat a lot under these lights. I, the Lord said <laughs> I, I know, right? I'll be selling this afterwards for $100 if anybody. <laughs> Three easy installments of $39.95. All right, sorry. The anointing, hallelujah. Uh, forgive me for having fun. I don't, I don't, I'm not mocking. I'm just having fun. But see, God healed, God healed Mimi's eyes. She sees those women differently now. Can I tell you something? God had to heal my eyes because I used to see prostitutes the way that society does. Well, why can't she just make an honest living? But that's not always the case. As a matter of fact, that's most likely not the case, how she got in that circumstance. Right? So maybe God needs to heal our eyes. Maybe he needs to to heal our nose so we don't smell the homeless anymore. And that's okay. I can only imagine what my sin smells like to God. What if God saw me like other people saw me? I need God to see me the way he sees me. Come on, somebody. God didn't turn his face away from me because the stench of my sin or the stench of your sin. Come on, somebody. So we need to ask God to heal our eyes. We need to ask God to heal our nose, heal our ears, so that we begin to hear the cries of people in our neighborhoods and our communities. And thank God that we're part of a church, and I consider myself a part of the global, uh, the um, virtual community here at Greater, because I watch online as well. My wife and I have a, a commitment at another church that we've been going to for years, but I, we, uh, we do consider ourselves a part of the virtual community because we, we watch the services, and as Chino says, you know, he and I are talking to each other at least a, probably a couple of times a week anyway. So I consider myself to be a part of the family, and you guys make me feel that way, and I thank you for that. But I say all that to say this, that thank God, I'm going to say we, thank God that we are a part of a church that is more outward-focused than inward-focused. That see, Chino and, and the leadership team have been talking about being on mission and what does it look like to be on mission. Well, this is what it looks like to be on mission, to live a fasted life. Can I tell you something? There's not one thing that God can speak to you that does not fall into one of those three categories. Oh, I, David, I just really have a heart to, to help, you know, to help children, you know, in need. Local. Could be global, too. Right? God... I, you know, God, I just really have a heart for the nations. Lord, send me to the nations. Well, global, right? What, whatever it is that God's speaking to your heart, it's going to fall into one of those three facets. It's going to fall into local, global, or virtual. It's, it's, just, it's going to. There's not one thing that's not going to fall into one of those three categories. And thank God that you and I are a part of a church community, a church body that is more outward-focused than inward-focused. That deserved a hand clap right there. But, I, but that's all right. I'm going to keep preaching. That's more, that's more focused on outside and not just inside. Yes, we take care of our own people, but also we're focused on the lost and dying world out there. But we got to get to work, friends. You got to find your lane. 
I got to find my lane and we got to start living in it. We got to start living in the fast lane. So in preparing for this message, I, I asked myself and I, I, I spoke with Mimi and I, I spoke with Devon and Mary and I'm just having conversations. You know, what's God doing? What's God doing? I was speaking with Nunzi earlier this morning as well. And I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I said, I said Lord, what's the difference Lord, what's the difference between those that are, are living on mission, that are living a fasted life, that are living in the fast lane, and, and, and me or those that aren't? What's the difference? And I believe the Holy Spirit just very simply spoke to my heart and said, David, the only difference is that they said yes. That's the only difference. Those that are living in the fast lane and those that aren't, the only difference is that those that are living in the fast lane said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll go. Lord, what, Lord, you wired me this way. I see what makes me happy, mad, sad, or glad. Right? Lord, I'll do it. Maybe we just need to take a stand and say, you know what? This is my, this is my neighborhood, but you know what? There's not going to be any, any hungry children in my neighborhood. There's not going to be anybody turning tricks and doing prostitution in my neighborhood. I'm going to take care of these women that feel like they have to do this in order to survive. Come on, somebody. Right? We got to find what our lane is. We got to find the fast lane. We got to start living in it. I want to close with this scripture, Isaiah uh, chapter 6. We're, we're familiar with it. It's a popular scripture. Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 6. You know, the Godhead is having a conversation, right? You guys are familiar with this. It says, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit says, you know, who, you know, who will, will go for us, right? Who shall we send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, God. Send me. Amen. Here I am, God. Send me. I'll do it. But can I tell you something? That is a dangerous prayer. Because God hears that prayer. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at mygreater.